You're listening to Mornings with Kelly and Steve on Moody Radio, from the word to life. We are joined by Mo Aiken. She is the author of Fully Known, an invitation to true intimacy with God, available at Amazon.com and wherever you find your fine books. But we have been enjoying our weeks together. She's been kind enough to unpack the truths of God. You know, we are made and designed for relationship and intimacy and spiritual intimacy with God. Now, the problem is we, as Paul says, we're supposed to walk by faith. Well, we don't really do that very well. We don't trust the things that we don't see often. And so this lack of trust, it causes us to feel a little bit disconnected, maybe even void of that true intimacy. And Mo has been encouraging us in the ways that we can develop that intimacy and not be disheartened in our walk with God. So good morning to you, Mo. Thanks for getting up and sharing with us again this morning. Good morning, good morning. It's good to be back. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. You know, when we were talking last week, we were were speaking about the fact that, you know, when we step aside and we allow our relationship to, when we approach our relationship to God as kind of a spectator sport, right? We watch from the Mm -hmm. sidelines. We're not really, truly engaged in it. Um you know, we were thinking about this notion of feeling disconnected. Maybe we've had church hurts, but we want something more. And you were kind enough to share where this all began for you. Would you refresh? So we've, you know, new listeners all the time. Refresh maybe what your background is and how you came to understand that your need for a deeper relationship with God. Sure. I, I, I was raised up in the church. I, I grew up in the Bible Belt. Um, so, you know, the language of faith and, you know, our attendance at church, that was somewhat normal for me. But as I grew up um, and tried to navigate life on my own with, you know, that title of Christian kind of as just one identifier of who I was, uh, I struggled in a lot of different ways. I, I navigated a lot of adversity. And um, when I was a freshman in college, everything kind of came to a head. I had struggled with eating disorder, identity issues, um, the suicide of my father, depression, anxiety, promiscuity, and uh, was then in a really horrific car accident. And in that car accident was where the spirit of the living God revealed himself to me very personally in a very radical way. And it just transformed my life. And I moved from knowing a lot about God to beginning to know God. But it's interesting looking back, even as I began to walk out my faith in various seasons, somehow over time, it became what would seem like maybe a performative faith in ways. I mean, I was serving the kingdom. I was writing books. I was traveling to speak, but I couldn't deny that I felt far from God. I longed for him. I missed him. I felt a disconnect. And yet I was doing all of these good works in the name of Jesus. But a decade into my walk of faith, I felt far from Jesus. And and it's an under-discipled area, right? When we're walking with him, when we know him, when we love him, but we um, recognize there's more and we're 
we're missing something. And that was really a turning point. It's what my third book, Fully Known, An Invitation to True Intimacy with God, was really birthed out of that spot because he drew me to Matthew 7, 21 through 23. Hey, not all who say to me, Lord, Lord, are going to enter the kingdom of heaven. And the people argue back their good works, right? Wait, we prophesy, we perform miracles, we cast demons. And to him, they said, away from me, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. And that line, I never knew you. Oh, it just, I had to wrestle with it. I didn't want to stand before him one day and hear, I never knew you. I wanted to stand before him and hear, well done. I wanted to stand before him and that be a familiar posture, right? To be in his presence. And so um, that was the journey. He sort of kickstarted my journey of growing in real intimacy with him. And it had to kind of tear down my framework of what intimacy or relational connection based on my experiences in life was like. He had to teach me safe intimacy. He had to teach me the heart of the father, the heart of the bridegroom, um, and what it meant to really trust him and walk in step with him. You know, you mentioned performative faith, Mo, and um, wow, that that's where you, you caught my attention immediately, because I know exactly what you're talking about. And for any any one of you listening this morning, if that caught your attention too, you you recognize in that moment when it hits you, performative faith, just how empty that is. You know the second that something is missing, and you may not recognize exactly in that moment what is missing, but you know something is definitely missing from your faith, and it has got to be repaired right away, and Mm -hmm. you need to take it to God, and maybe you're not sure how to fix it, but he does know how, and you need to give that to him. And I want to ask you, um, in that moment when when you recognized that, you know, and, and I don't know if those were the words that you put to it in that moment, performative faith, but when you recognized that something was missing, what what was your next step? Because I, I realized, hey, this is empty. This is not surely what my faith is supposed to be. I should not feel this empty because I feel so far away from the God that I have said that I am serving, and this this cannot be. And I've, I've felt the same thing that you've said, and I've heard you talk about it too, Steve. I don't want to hear those words. Get away from me. I, I never knew you. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. I think it's those terrifying. are the most terrifying mm-hmm. words in the English language, but yet right. how many of us go through life thinking that we are doing so mm-hmm. good and and not recognizing what is that measurement you know yeah. um initially you know one of the things that impacted me about my walk was that i feel this unworthiness mo mm-hmm. um you know i know the horrible things that i have done i know the horrible things that i've said I know the horrible things that I've thought. I know my habits. I know the idols of my life, all of these things. And none of those things are hidden from my Heavenly Father. So how can I reconcile that this guy actually wants to be in a relationship with me and that I have to accept that invitation? How does someone who is feeling that about themselves uh, really come to truly understand how God can love us the way that he does? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's kind of a great mystery because everything in the natural, everything we've probably navigated and 
we understand in our relationships with other people have been so formative to our understanding of what gives us worth, what makes us worth being around, what uh, causes others to love us and to want to stay in relationship with us, right? And so we have these interactions with others and they're formative. And I think where we get things a little upside down is that those interactions, those relationships, how we've been treated, when we've been rejected, when we've been mocked, when our weaknesses or our failures have caused people to um, pull back from us, we allow those to inform our understanding of the character and nature of God, rather than allowing the Word of God and the Spirit of God to give us understanding of His true character and nature, and then that helping us recognize where things have fallen short in our life, in our experiences with others, and and then being able to forgive those who have hurt us or wronged us or rejected us, right, and walk in healing. But when our interactions with people have created a shame in us, then naturally our understanding of how God interacts with us is going to have this shame connected to it. I need to be good enough. I need to perform back to what you said, Kelly, like I need to make him proud. It's how I felt after, you know, my dad put a gun to his heart. It was like, how could my love not have been enough that he would leave? He would abandon like I wasn't enough. And this is very upside down from good heavenly father, a pure and faithful bridegroom that says, I'm, I'm committed. I'm in this. Think of, you know, Hosea and Gomer. I'm for you. I am with you. I love you. I see all that is in the very complex layers of your life. And I, I choose you. I chose you when I remained on the cross, right? I chose you when I sent my son. I chose you in the very work of the gospel. And if we can lean in to allow the truth of God's character to form our feelings of safety or our understanding of true intimacy, rather than the ways that we've been hurt or fallen short in, in life or been rejected, you know, it, it will change things. But I think we just often approach it backwards, which is understandable. But when we're born again, we, we have to see things from a different lens. Well, Mo, you you talk about the hidden place, and and when we think about intimacy, I mean, intimacy. You look at the definition of the word. That is something that is it is hidden, and that is a hidden place. It's not something that's revealed for everyone. It's not a a public display of of anything. You think mm-hmm. of intimacy in a marriage. That is between two people. Right. That is to be kept hidden. That is a sacred thing. And when we we look at that, uh, our intimacy with God. That is between us and him that's between me mm-hmm. and him for anyone that might be struggling with um that kind of intimacy with god and that can be an uncomfortable thing and you may feel unworthy that may be the thing that you're struggling with um you know for the longest time even after i i received jesus as my lord and savior i, I just struggled even with speaking his name i felt so unworthy and that is just the truth mm-hmm. so then there was a struggle with intimacy afterward with him talk about the hidden place exactly what is that what should that intimacy look like and and why do we struggle so much with that 
Yeah, it, it kind of ties uh, back to what Steve just asked. This just came to my mind, and I'm going to put it in sort of the natural, literal understanding that we have, but hear it for the parallel that I'm speaking to. If you think of intimacy often, like you mentioned, Kelly, in the hidden place between a husband and a wife, um, I realized as I was even processing with this with the Lord, what my tendencies were. My tendencies were to say, even to my husband, um, yes, I, I'll i be intimate, but I'd want to shut off the lights and I'd want to jump under the covers and I wouldn't really want to be seen, felt vulnerable. I mean, we married and in the course of a few years, I had already given birth to four kids. My body had changed. My perception of myself had changed. There had There's stretch marks and there's, you know, every manner of life that's kind of taken its toll. And so... I was willing to engage, but there was still a hidden, like there was a shame, there was a, don't look at me, um, there was a separation, right? And I think oftentimes in our faith walk as well, we may have received Christ, we may have chosen to follow Him, but when it is time to really commune with Him in the hidden place, to allow Him, as the Word of God says, to search our heart and to know us, to point out any iniquity within us, right? To really transform us, to commune with us. We, many times, we still want to hide behind those fig leaves, right? That, that, that Eve tucked behind. We're like, yeah, but I don't, want, I don't want Jesus to really see. I don't want to really work through the shame of, you know, my sexually promiscuous past or my guilt around um, you know, the abuse or fill in the blank to whatever thing we f- that makes us feel unworthy. Uh, it's kind of like we want to commune with God, but we don't want him to see that stuff. And I just had to realize, man, the truth of the matter, even as I understood it in my natural interactions with, with my husband, for example, was that the word of God says, draw near to me and I will draw near to you. My husband delighted in me he, when I would come out from hiding and draw near, his heart swelled for me. He always received me. He washed me in, you know, affirmation and um, the kindest words and something would shift in my heart. Uh, It was like, when he received me, even with my imperfections and my flaws, it didn't change my stretch marks, but it changed my heart. And I think when we will realize that Jesus knows all of the things, he knows the things that that have happened in our life that cause us to feel unworthy. He's not saying, go get that fixed and figured out and then I'll desire you. He's saying, draw near to me. My heart swells for you. And, And no, my relationship with Jesus didn't change what I did in my past. Like I mentioned, doesn't the, the stretch marks don't go away, but it changed my heart. Oh, you receive me even in spite of all that I've done, even in spite of all of the brokenness and the sin, your heart still swells for me and you want to commune with me. And, and that type of love changes our heart Mm. it heals our heart to realize you say i'm worthy you say i have value you say even in light of all of these things you are are well pleased i'm your i'm your bride right you're my bridegroom 
it's really transformational. Again, it's this upside down way from what we know in the world. And um, it's the beauty that, you know, the word of God says when we stand before him, we won't stand in fear. We will have been perfected by love. If we fear that we'll stand before him and hear away from me, it will, it can only be because we didn't allow the truth of his love to really transform us and drive out fear and wash us in the very worth of our life, which was demonstrated on the cross. Right. And so, um, I know it's probably silly picture to hear the physical, but maybe anyone listening would say, oh, I understand that. You know, I understand that. And mm-hmm. that makes sense to me that that would be God's heart for me as well. We continue our discussion with Mo Aiken, just sharing about how we develop a deeper relationship with the Lord. Why is this important in our life? Mo, before the break, um, you know, it was just sitting with me that we have difficulty trusting God. You know, you've talked a little bit about that. And then a the the whole concept of submitting right mm-hmm. acknowledging that i am not my own i am not myself steve is not just steve independent of anything else because i am in, in i'm an image bearer of god mm-hmm. he has put his spirit in me but then i resist sometimes i don't always cooperate with the spirit <laughs> in that process of heart transformation where we're really talking about sanctification. So the concept of submission, where do we see God speak to us about submission in Scripture, and why is submitting to him so important to actually achieving intimacy with him? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I think even the word itself, submission, it has been so robbed and twisted and weaponized, um, that it's all throughout the word of God, yet because of the ways that it's been (laughs) warped, it is something we resist, right? Um, But submission is foundational to the gospel, and I I think it's really beautiful. If you look at at the word even, submission, in the Latin, it's submitir, which means to come under the sending, to come under the sending, And so this invitation to submit ourselves to the will of God, to submit ourselves to the Spirit of God, it is not to be crushed under. That's not the definition. It's not to be, you know, demeaned. It is to come under the sending of God. And if we want to really be co-laborers with Christ, to be effective in this world as the hands and feet of Jesus, to be emissaries, to be, you know, evangelists, to be used for his glory, then there has to be first a coming under before ascending, right? Um, There has to be a yielding our will to his will, our thoughts to his thoughts, our wants to his wants. And this invitation to submission is is not easy but it's actually this beautiful safe part of true intimacy and you know i think about um where we see it we see it all through the word but there's two examples that i think we see submission really clearly the first is when we look at um jacob for example when he wrestled the man in the wilderness um it was in the hidden place he had sent his his family 
people ahead. He was alone when he was when he experienced encounter and began to wrestle. And this engaged with, he wouldn't relent until he was blessed, right? He's he's like, I'm not gonna let up until you bless me is to wrestle and to wrestle well is the very thing that changed Jacob's identity. He went from Jacob, uh, the deceiver, to Israel, which means the one who strives with God. And so there is this beauty in the wrestling, the wrestling with our our flesh, the wrestling with our the strongholds in our life, the wrestling against our wants and our will to ultimately come under the sending of God. It's not abnormal that we would not love the process, but it's a part of the process, that that wrestling. And it's actually the very place our identity changes from, in Jacob's example, the deceiver to the one who strives with God. And so I think it's so key that we learn to wrestle well and we learn to choose submission to God's word and God's way. Because another example where you see that bear incredible fruit in the scriptures was where Jesus wrestled with with the father in in the will or in a, the garden of gethsemane yeah. he's wrestling is there any other way he is being pressed to the point of sweating like blood and he says is there any other way he's in a wrestling place right but ultimately what marks the the power upon Jesus he said but your will not my own. And so the wrestling is inevitable. The tension of yielding is inevitable. The pressing is inevitable. But if the words that can leave our lips, despite all of that, will be like those of Jacob's, I, I desire that you bless me. In other words, I, I, I desire to grow in this process, right? I desire to gain truth in this process. Or like that of Jesus, your will, not my own. When that becomes our expression, that's where we see miracles happen. That's where we come into the fullness of who we were made to be. That's where, you know, we 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 are able to fulfill the will of God for our life. But if anyone's buying into the thought that that's not without a degree of of wrestling or of challenge it's just silly that'd be like saying marriage is all butterflies and roses and kumbaya and me and my spouse never disagree on anything it's like that's just not true uh the beauty of a healthy marriage is the ability to really be made from two into one and that's mm-hmm. a process mm. well, i love the idea of you know having the permission to wrestle well and you know what you were saying about um, submission to Mo. What, what jumps out at me as well is that there is such freedom in submission to God. And if we refuse to submit, then we just end up remaining. And it, we miss this, but we end up remaining in bondage to the consequences mm-hmm. of our own fleshly desires, the consequences of our own sin. We we think that somehow submission is robbing us of something that's important to us, and it's right. not at all. It, it gives us the very thing that we crave the most. Mm-hmm. Exactly, exactly. It's, it's, this, <laughs> it's this thought that the ability to choose for ourselves what is best for us, it's that that is actually... Um, Good. And that's what was the deception in the garden, right? Um, 
choose for yourself. You know, surely you won't die. And it's like, man, we see it from the beginning, our own desire to do things our own way to, you know, resist submission to resist obedience and made taboo in the church. But we, we've been deceived from the beginning that to do things our own way and to resist submission and obedience will somehow bring freedom. But we see the fruit all through the word of God. It doesn't bring freedom. It brings enslavement to sin. It brings enslavement to the one who hates God. (laughs) And, and somehow in God's upside down way, it is actually submission. It's yielding. It's obedience. It's surrender that sets us free. And a sweet freedom that is when we can actually get there. And it's so liberating. And it's a very confounding thing to think about. And I hope that we, as we close this up, you know, that people will understand that in submission, there is freedom. And it goes counter to exactly what we would say is logic. Uh, However, that is true freedom when we do submit to what we have been called to, what we have been created for. And so, Mo, I can't thank you enough again for sharing in this and encouraging people deeper in their walk with Christ. And so I want to encourage people, grab a copy of the book, Fully Known, An Invitation to True Intimacy with God, Amazon.com, wherever books are sold, that's the place you're going to find it. Author is Mo Aiken. You're listening to Mornings with Kelly and Steve on Moody Radio, from the word to life.